Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Garden Gossip, the home and garden show, with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. All good. Hey, everybody, welcome to Big Blend Radio's Garden Gossip Show. Today, we are going to a historic house. Uh, This is a historic house in Springfield, Illinois. Now, Springfield, Illinois is known for Abraham Lincoln. And Debbie Stone, travel writer Debbie Stone, was on our show recently talking about her adventures in everything to do with Abraham Lincoln. His home, she went to his his home, and she went to his library, his museum. But then she also said, I've got to do a detour and learn more about Frank Lloyd Wright and also Susan Dana. Uh, is, is it Susan Dana Thomas? Debbie, welcome back. Hello and welcome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. It's it's exactly what you said, Dana Susan Thomas. Susan Dana Thomas. So, okay. So I want everyone to know the website name, but Debbie's got a story up on blendradioandtv.com. Just type in Dana Thomas. You'll find it. Uh, Historicspringfield.dnr.illinois.gov is the website. I'll give it out again later. Uh, it's quite a mouthful, but uh, Frank Lloyd Wright, um, you know, Debbie, I know we've talked about this before. Um, we kind of, you know, we're part of his trail when we were in Madison, Wisconsin, and even stayed in a house that's kind of prairie style house. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what prairie style houses were until we were in Central California, which is a whole weird detour. But he influenced how many? I mean, how many? He went through three, four countries. He went several countries, 400 buildings, 36 states. So mo- a lot of people know are familiar with his architecture because it's often where they live, you know. Mm. So when he when we get to Springfield, right? So he he decides, oh, I'm going to do this house, but he was commissioned by Susan, basically. And what I was getting from your article with this whole you know building, you can see the part behind, and this is from the state <laughs> park. It is a state park, state historic park. Um, that he really emulates nature, but also when he takes on a project, like get out of my way. Exactly. Um, the, Susan was an heiress, you know, so she she had the money to commission him. And it was a win-win for both because she wanted to create this, this show place for the community to let people know that Chicago, that her, Springfield and her city was this model of, of progress. But she also wanted a place to entertain. She was big on entertaining. And she wanted a place where she could um, talk about her ideas. And she was a progressive liberal woman who fought for women's rights and for equality for African Americans. And she would hold these meetings and parties and opportunities for poets to come. Um, She was also very big into literary um, and and reading and writing. And she had a collection of thousands and thousands of books. And so she she really wanted she became um, a central figure in the community because of of how she opened her house and in turn opened her hearts and her pocketbook to the community as well. But she really uh, respected Wright's work and she wanted him to create this place. And he saw it as this wonderful blank check opportunity to do what he wanted uh, and to you know, show, showcase an innovation uh, in architecture, particularly with the prairie style. Mm, this is interesting because he was kind of the founder of this prairie style movement. Um, so uh, let's touch on him a little bit. Then I want to yeah. go back to her because she is fascinating. It's yes. almost like this house 
was a community center because yes. it had what six floors like or yeah it was 36 it, levels or something crazy it it huge it was a uh, 12,000 plus square feet you know multiple wow. rooms multiple levels and yeah it was it a, a tremendous house and this was a house for one woman basically uh and some of her staff you know uh later her uh i believe her sister sister-in-law i think it was florence who came to live with her but in any case right we all know him, you know, he is probably the most recognized, well-known architect in the country and around the world in many, many countries, you know, for, for his innovation in letting nature into the house so that it was almost a seamless integration. Yeah, because when you look on the outside, it's like he wanted the whole, the texture, the colors to blend in. And it was interesting, you start your article and, and looking at the exterior, and everyone, again, it's on blendradioandtv.com will be in the upcoming issue of our Garden Gossip Home and Garden magazine. You talk about these elongated bricks. Like, right. I wonder about, you know, when you think about the Industrial Revolution and all the brick layers and, you know, the red brick, right, and the red brick streets, which I love. By the way, Texas, do not pull them up. Leave them. <laughs> Leave them alone. But... um this was like a whole different color. I mean, you even, I mean, it, it was like, it was almost painted, you know? Yeah. He really wanted to um, emulate nature, you know, both inside and outside, but instead of the house being like built vertically, you know, it was an elongated, like you said, horizontal, horizontal mm -hmm. um, shape. And the mortar was the same color as the bricks so that it would be, uh, seamless and also hide those vertical seams, um, the yeah. lines, and um, you know all the, the the kinds of things that a prairie style is known for: those sloping, the gables, the lot of the windows going across, um, these eaves that were overhanging. So uh, you know you stand out the outside and you take a tour. This is a guided tour that you need to uh, reserve in advance. And, uh, you know, the tour guide starts with the outside of the house so that you understand what was Wright's goal here. Because hmm. the outside looks wonderful, but it's not like what you see on the inside. It's like no. night and day in a way, oh. you know. Now, real quick about taking the tour because it's a state uh, historic park. I know you were talking on our previous interview on Springfield, Illinois, saying the majority of the attractions and sites are actually free. Is this one that yes. you pay for or no? Wow, that's and amazing. But you do have to you have to make a reservation. Well, and right. I think a lot of things, even during yeah. COVID, we have to do that. And they they limit it. You know what I mean? So I'm it, cool with that. I just hope this whole thing sticks with like <laughs> limiting. I like the it. I, I like it. the limited groups. The smaller. Can we do it on traffic tours? too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we do that? Yeah, please. Can and I actually think trucks should have their own highway. <laughs> Just Would that be nice? Yeah, I know, but we don't want to go through the construction on it because half of America is under construction oh, right now. Believe me, Which if you is, drive, you know. You I know, mean. it really is. Uh, but but this is cool. This, this whole thing. So you know the part that I really love about the interior, even for those watching, look at how it curves in. Like what? Yep. It's almost like a honeycomb. Yeah. He kept this the colors very golden kind of soothing calm so I can imagine when it gets winter you got to think Illinois winter that it almost helped warm the house just the color and the lighting versus sun that did came blue. In, yeah if you, you did blues on the inside it would keep it cold yeah yeah, this was very, very warm. And the, all the windows that brought in the light and brought in nature, you know, and we can talk a little bit later, but all the things that he did inside to recreate that that feel or create that feel. Um, but I thought it was interesting to learn that his mother wanted him to be an architect at the get-go. So when he was really tiny, she brought in these blocks for him to, you know, manipulate. And she put up these paintings or prints of uh, like famous cathedrals. And she wanted to just kind of, I don't know, um, spark his interest in um, making things. And it it did. And, you know, it became his passion and his career, but it was interesting. But he also was exposed, 
I think, to nature because his mom's family, they had farms and this is the Midwest. And so he spent a lot of time on the farms. And so, you know, he he developed a love of nature that way. Well, prairies are really neat. It's something that over the last year or two, Nancy and I have experienced more of. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also like North East Colorado, um, even in Arizona, south of Tucson. I know you've been through mm-hmm. Tucson. There's a prairie, sure. short grass prairie, and uh, we uh, you did Nebraska. We've been through Nebraska, all huh. like, all of that. And I know a lot of people think, oh, you know, it's just fields of grass, whatever, or sunflowers. Mm-hmm. And when you get into the grasslands, the amount of bird species that you don't mm-hmm. really realize that are there, and butterflies and dragonflies, because it's also tied to wetlands in a way. Yeah. So the, the grasslands, and there's snakes, by the way, too. Yes, <laughs> there are snakes in hidden places. <laughs> yes, there are. But it's really, the prairie has this magic to it. And the grass, the sound, the, yeah. and I think just even looking at the colors, he's got the colors of the prairie that are yeah. just... And little hints so- of pink it's soothing and- though mm-hmm. if there's soothing the prairie something soothing about the prairie i mean there's it teems with life but there's something soothing about it um and peaceful and so you know two of his motifs one was the sumac plant which is very well indicative to the prairie and the other was the butterfly mm. which was actually part of um i believe it was susan's family that loved butterflies and so he abstracted these shapes uh for the art class and so you see them repeated throughout the house mm. so not only is it the light and the wood and all those things but it's it's the art glass that also carries through that message you know speaking of that you know you're talking about how he really wanted, here's this open checkbook, here's, you know, <laughs> I want control of the project. But at some point, he did have a conversation about like the butterflies. And oh. so he incorporates some, but he yeah. had to kind of listen to her yeah. going, I want the Victorian, you know, living room. Thank you very much. In the middle of this entire, you know, and he hate he was the antithesis of Victorian style architecture and no design. pineapples for you hated it <laughs> hated it and you know so when she said you know you're gonna have to compromise here and do this one room for my mother because she loves Victorian style he made it and as we toured through he made it the most uncomfortable dark kind of a pressing, claustrophobic inducing place because he didn't want anyone to spend any time in it. Now her mother did go in there and sit and that was her sitting room, so to speak, but it wasn't any place that Susan entertained, you know? That's so funny how we call them sitting rooms. I love living that. rooms. You know, it's sitting. like it's sitting, <laughs> like just I'm sitting and I've got my pineapple, you know, the whole Victorian thing in the pine. Well, that was a big deal. It meant it was. money. And then you had money. And well, it's that's like, true. It was a symbol, wasn't it? Yeah. Wealth. Yeah. Yeah. Symbol of wealth. Like I've got pineapples. You can't afford to import them like I can. Right. You know, or right. you don't have the greenhouse that I have to grow. Right. You know? Right. Right. It's it's interesting how all yeah. of these little, but it's Romanesque as well. And that very that opulence, you know, I'm going to have this carving. It It was almost like some of these historic homes were in. It's it. It was all about look at me broadcasting (laughs) yeah whereas what i love what she's doing it's like yes i want this grand place right as a woman think about those days right here i am as a woman and it's more of a community center but so she's bringing poets in she's doing literacy for kids seances seances that's what i wanted to get to did she have a ouija board did you see a ouija board not a ouija board but she brought in people who would do seances because there was a certain wow. time where she was really into the spiritual. And so, you know, there were books that were all about that. She invited people that were spiritual gurus. And um, so, yeah, the, the tour guide was saying the, the range of people that she would have in was extensive. That's amazing. Like, you know, just thinking about, you know, but then she also, it was Florence was her, was her sister. I think it was her sister. Her cousin, yeah. yeah. Sister yeah. or cousin yeah. that lived there had a room. But oh, cousin, cousin, or cousin. Yeah. That's it, Florence. Um, so she lived there. But when she died, that you know, Susan got a little eccentric, and you know, um, it's because yep. it they had staff too, and she had them on the same level. Now, having grown up, you know, raised in Africa, oh yes, you know, in Kenya, we had the oh. colonial times was still very prevalent when I was a kid in 
Kenya. La di da with a little bell dingling a ling. That you know, and when I see the bell, I want to tell people where to ring their bell, which isn't polite. But um, it, you know, the servants go here. Some of the plantation homes we've toured in Louisiana, some of like the the nannies were actually under the house. Yeah, the so quarters for them to go up and down for the baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like. No, that's anyway. why Susan wanted them on the same level as her. Um, also, yeah, I love the dining room, the chairs. So the high back chairs were for the woman, women and the lower back chairs were with the men. So they could wow. create some sort of equality, even if it was just height, uh, that, that they would not be like this and this, you know. So I thought that was very interesting. So that's kind of interesting about her, you know, and Frank Lloyd Wright, because he's almost going, I want equality with nature. In other words, we need to be more equal to nature, not that, you know, it's like we need to be the ones who reach embrace out and coexist. Nature. Yeah. yeah. And she's going, we need to embrace society. Yeah. What were the gardens like? Um, you know, they, they, as I recall, we didn't, we there were courtyards and some, you know, gardens around there, but um, they weren't like extensive. Uh, I think the, the house inside was a garden of itself, you know? Um, So I think because she spent so much time there and bringing people in, um, I don't, the garden seemed to take a lesser, you know, focus. Also because of the weather too. Well, it could be, but although, you know, spring and summer and fall and the Midwest, it's pretty grow. Oh my gosh. I just, it wasn't, it wasn't a a focal point Mm. in my mind. It's interesting on the outside because you do see um, like potted plants on, on the the balconies growing over and his lines are very, you know, he's linear. Yep. Yep. And you think about lines in nature and they do occur. Like look at every insect, look, yeah. I mean, I'll go off, even look at grass. It's linear. Everything. And by being linear, he showed how nature flows with those yeah. plants on the outside. That's why I was kind of interested about how that balance, you know, right. is with them, you know. Right. So it's it's neat. But she fascinates me because I, I think, you know, these stories have to be told of women in history. But she was an heiress. So it's from her husband, right? Late husband? It was, uh, no, it was from her father, from her. No, so she never married. Oh, she married. She had a tragic story. She married. She um, had two babies that with her first husband, who actually then the babies died in infancy. The husband passed away in a mining accident. Oh, man. Second husband died a year after marriage. And then a third ended in divorce. She never had any children, but she was married technically three times. So that's enough. Yeah, well, you know, she it 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 ended. So probably in by the time that's why she felt that like this, I'm building a community center, bringing the children, the spiritual side. I wonder if that the seances are part of, you know, her children that she lost. It could have been, you know, thinking about be the beyond. Who who knows? Yeah. But the saddest thing is, you go into the nursery and there's this layette that's hanging there. That's there, and you you see that the price tags are still on it. <sighs> she never got to use it because the, you know, babies, <sighs> she never, so it was just, it was kind of a real, one of those really sad aching moments because you know, this woman truly wanted children, you know? Mm. Um, so that's why she used to do these reading hours for the children of Springfield um, who would come to the house and she would read to them in the library, which was made with bookshelves that they could reach instead of things being up high. Once again, that whole linear form. And then she had this like built in ice box and she would do lemonade and ice cream for the, the kids. And they open the ice box and the tour and they show you it's right there. So she, and she also operated almost like a library. She was like, please take out books, you know, come and take out books and, and read. And so it was almost like she had her own personal library, but she opened it up to the community. Wow. It's, it's interesting now when you think about now where we are, where it's like when you go to someone's home, right, you look at what are they reading? What are their interests by the bookshelves, right? And now what's going to happen? Can I see your Kindle? <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah, I'm wondering tr- about that. I'm wondering about art because digital art, like you have to have a screen on your wall 
there was that one that was, you know, art piece of art that you can only see on the internet right. for millions of dollars or billion, I don't know. But like, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because it's a new form of art. It's still art. But where are we going with this? At the end of the day, are we... I. I like to be surrounded by things that I can touch. Things I, I want can paintings sing, and feel. Yeah. And, and I like to look at, even though I do read on my pad, I have books everywhere. And I think they tell a lot about a person, like you said. And I've had yeah. friends who've come in and go, oh, I read that book. Or, oh, I didn't know he wrote another book or she right. wrote another book. And it's it's really interesting. And also, like, my husband's tastes in literature versus mine. And you can see these distinct differences. And it's re- it's funny. It, it, it's interesting, too, because of the year of the Zoom, right? Oh, <laughs> and here we are Zooming, you know, and people would set up bookshelves. You look at bookshelves, like even newscasters, and I'm like, yeah. do you really read that book? Or do you want yeah. people to think you read that book? Like, now there's the imposter books. <laughs> well, you know, where they just do the uh, the cover, you know, and you open, there's nothing inside. Oh, yeah. It's, it's called like placement books or, you know, design books. And you know, like when they when they do like a stage a house, for example, and maybe they're not putting in real books, but they're putting in these like design books, you know. And then there's the books that they carved gun places and oh, people put guns in. My dad had one that was his like great grandfather, and it uh, it you, it was a small little book, and you'd open up, and it was carved out for a pistol. Yeah, so Dude, cool. That yeah. I mean, that, it's interesting. Uh, so yeah. cool. I can't wait. We're about to air. Um, there's a book coming out by Anthony Moss and he collects, he's a rabologist. I didn't know this mm-hmm. existed. Right. So everyone watch for our way back when history magazine, Debbie's mm-hmm. article on Springfield is in there. Um, he's a rabologist and he wrote this book and it's this collection of canes, antique canes. And there's actually an antique cane society oh my and God. it shows, <laughs> but we're talking about stature, right? Women had parasols. And so the bottom of the parasol would have something, you know, that represents who they are. So walking sticks, canes had, uh, you had back in the day of the beginning of cameras, you would have a walking stick that would be a camera tripod that would turn into a camera. Think about where we are now with iPhones and, you know, cell phone technology and selfies. There, of course, were ones that would, you would have a cigar in there and it would clip your cigar and you'd smoke. I mean, and then there's so, ones that had whiskey had, in like, them. like swords in them. You swords. Know what I mean, they're we, like we weapons. It, you know? We had a drummer that we used to perform with, Little Willie. The, the, you know, he was like a Sufi cross Hindu Ooh. sweetheart from Texas. Listen, Texan <laughs> dude too. Sweetest guy. And he had a cane because he he needed it. And he would open it up and there's a knife and he stabbed one of the guitars we were with. But anyway, <laughs> when we had our band. But anyway, wow. that's a whole other story. But there's knives, swords, there's, but the carvings on them had to do with all these different things, different religions, different, your, your where you are in society. And it's an identity thing. Yeah. You know? So it's really interesting about houses and you go into a place like this. She wanted her identity. It was an open checkbook. He has control, but if you don't, you know, she's commissioning him. So it's not like just go build me a house. No, she gave him a lot of free reign, but there was also a lot of dialogue too, you know, but I think I mentioned in my story that he was an amazing perfectionist, but he could be to the point where he told you exactly, you know, this is what you need to do. Um, And, you know, the furniture that's custom that's made for this house. And he had a lot of control over it. And even after he turned the house over, so to speak, to the owner, he would come back and see the house. And, you know, if things were different or changed or like, you know, I, you, you knew about it. (laughs) Wow. So he was in part of the control of the furniture too. Oh, everything. He would down to everything. Even curtains were. Everything was you know, and things were built in and, you know, that was all him. And I love that. I love that. I absolutely love built in. Oh, so do I. It's (sighs) like, that's, it's it's like you were built to be, I don't want those to go away. That's what freaks me out about now. Yeah. You can't. (laughs) <laughs> yeah but you I know, want the, albums yeah albums the vinyl uh, collection the too. vinyl collection but the, like I was I think I mentioned like there you walk in to that um, playroom area and there's this like 
bookshelf couch, I think it what it is. And it looks, it looks like a seating area, like a couch. And then you look behind and it's, there's a built-in bookshelf and it's like, oh my gosh, Perfect. all I need to do is go look at my book and bring it back around and sit down and stick it back in there when I'm done. And I thought, clever. And that's, that's smart. I mean, that's him. He was very clever. I'd have a little like wine thing. Yeah. You'd have there. like one of those little cabinets and right next Open to it. Open it up and there's area. my little wine. Yeah, just not? like her little box of uh, ice cream and, and lemonade that was built in. Listen, I'm into the ice cream and lemonade too. Oh. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel anytime. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? It's not just a bike. Peloton makes treadmills too. Eh, all treadmills are the same. Our treadmills can adjust speed and incline automatically so you never break your stride. Whether you're squeezing in a power walk or training for a marathon, Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Tread risk-free with the 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. You know, and she had a coat, but a, a coat room, hundreds and coats. hundreds of downstairs. You know, people would come for these soirees and these parties and these big events. Seances. Yeah. And, and, I mean, the, like the racks were unbelievable. Then she had a she had billiards, but then she had a um, bowling alley, too. And it's <laughs> I mean, you're like going. My gosh, people must have had a lot of fun in this house. <laughs> yes, I know. Bowling alleys. But I wonder about that in winter. You want to have fun. You want to be able to move around. What can you do? And, yeah. you know, bowling has been something that's it's ancient, you know, even lawn bowling. I mean, I, I, I remember England, South Africa, lawn bowling. Or like bo- bocce ball, you know, I mean, all those kinds of things. This yeah. was like a duck pin, they called it. So it wasn't like a full, you know, the full bowling yeah. alley, but it was like a, a more of a, the narrow, thinner, less, um, I think maybe less pins, whatever it is. But uh, it, it was like, oh, so people came down here and they would have parties and they would just go down and bowl or play billiards or whatever. You know, it's interesting because it's grand, but it's under, it's it's grand, obviously, and the money and everything and all but of that. But it's not opulent. Right. And that's the thing. Like, I know you, when you were in Detroit, you went to the fancy houses, you know, the car people homes and like what we did in Erie, Pennsylvania, there's opulence, but this one is like, oh, I'm opulent, but I'm like connected with nature. And I wonder about his work in Japan because Japan, like you think of, and you've been there, right? Right. Nancy and I have not been there, but you go to, you know, all these botanical gardens have these Japanese gardens, the the bonsai and then the Zen gardens where there's waterfalls and just like the little gazebos and Zen and meditation gardens. They were so connected with spirituality and nature and history. And I wonder if he was influenced influenced by that. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he actually, uh, the guide told us that he was a, an aficionado of um, Asian aesthetic, Mm. you know? So, yeah. So I, I, you see a lot, you see that, in his homes, you know. When we were in Grand Rapids, uh, Michigan last year, we stayed at a bed and breakfast. It was a brownstone house, which mm. I didn't know what that was until we stayed in it, but it was grand. Um, <laughs> it was, I know it's Leonard at Logan bed and breakfast. And the guy who had this, you know, his, how his money came in was right. he was a person who invented what's on the inside of our refrigerator. He was in the refrigeration business, you know, went from ice boxes to ones that you can now put inside. And his wife would say, look at this. You'd spill something in the fridge and you couldn't clean it off because it was all metal, you know, it would freeze. And he came in with the porcelain. It used to be porcelain, I think, on the inside. And he is the one who created that. And they have his refrigerator in there with the porcelain. Like, so this is like some of the bed and breakfast and things. I'm like, this is cool. Now, right next to them. And they're in Heritage Hill, which is like this one of the oldest residential neighborhoods in the country. And they had to all fight to make this, you know, protected and all of that. Right next to them. So they have their garden, which is beautiful. And right next to them is a house that he built with, I believe, was a woman understudy 
that he was like an apprentice mm-hmm. or something, and he walked out on the project and she finished it. Oh, wow. There's some kind of scandal story. I don't know. But as this garden gossip, we can make anything we want. I love uh, it. We want, I we love the colorful stories. You know? I know. Because <laughs> we would, Nancy and I would sit there and have our breakfast and keep like peeking at what was going on over there. But it had that glass, the, yeah. the you know, the stained glass all around it. Yeah, our it glass looks so colorful on the outside. And we're like, I want in there, but because of COVID and, you know, yeah. and it's someone's living in it. Right. You know, so. Right. Right. But they now, had, they had, if you can house. tour his houses, for example, you know, I lived in Chicago. So Oak Park oh. was a big area for that. Also, um, I think and I wrote down Tallison was another one in the Midwest. Um, uh, uh, Falling Water in Pennsylvania, I think it's one of his more famous oh yes that's the one where it's right there by the waterfall (gasps) it's it's amazing and um there's also Taliesin west in um scottsdale so see i was gonna say the desert his architecture goes with the desert to me and that was where one of his studios and places where people came to work and he lived as well. But there was also the regular, the first Taliesin, which was in, I think, Spring Green, Wisconsin, which was also a home in a studio. And then there was the Taliesin West in Arizona. So he had a thing so, about Taliesin. Yeah. Huh, that's interesting. So, yeah. So it's, it's uh, his, his, his styles are so fascinating and they were so uh avant-garde and contemporary for the time you know but i also think about this was a woman who was you know this is 1900 1902 whatever it is i think about this woman who had these amazing progressive ideas and who wanted the world to know about them. And, and she lost her money in the end, right? She spent it she, all. Yeah, she, she got very eccentric, kind of crazy, I think. She lost access to the money. She lost the house and she went into, a, I think, a facility or hospital. And then she died and the house was sold Um Actually, it was sold. No, the Thomas was the other guy. So Dana, Dana is right. her name. That it was a Dana Dash Thomas, Thomas and yeah. Thomas is Charles Thomas. Okay. He bought the house. That's after right. She, so That's I right. got confused, but yeah, me Thomas too, yeah. is the one, and he bought it. He bought everything pretty much in it. And the, and I and I wrote here the buyers at the auction thought her furniture and everything was really odd for them. And so they didn't buy it. So he got everything. And then, you know, he eventually, um, you know, sold it to the state of Illinois, who then wanted to preserve, of course, everything. Thank goodness. Isn't that funny how that just shows how people think, oh, that's not worth anything. And and how many stories do you hear of somebody buying something for a buck or something, (laughs) or 10 bucks, and it's like worth, you know, a million dollars like antique road show yeah i love i i geek out on that stuff you know because it's like you look at it and you go that does look like crap what is that and then it's like no it's this and laudy bloody dog and it's worth this much money you know and like really you know i found it in an attic somewhere yeah yeah, you know know, who had this who cares and then someone will come in something very elaborate or like you'd think would be like you know worth Worth a lot hundreds or you know thousands Thousands, right get no, it's sorry, that's, ten, it's, that's a fake. You're yeah, like, what do you yeah. mean it's a fake, yeah. you know? Or that's but, paste jewelry that's not the real stuff, you know? Oh, seeing that Tiffany is such a big deal, you yeah. know, Tiffany lamps. And, and so he seemed to be connected with that as well. And I wonder about their relationship, you know? You know, that I don't, that would be an interesting It would to be know. interesting. If there was a crossover somehow, yeah. You know, Tiffany did the canes too. And they made canes with different, you know, crystals and glass and all. Who knew? Uh, I mean, I didn't. I, I, I want to find out about the history of Tiffany's now. You know, we can have breakfast. That's what it leads you to. You know, when you when you go and see these things, it, it just Rabbit sparks hole. an interest or curiosity into something else. You know, so it's like a sidelight on you're like going, oh, I yeah. never knew about that. Well, I want to yeah. find out about that. You know, well, you read Pennsylvania. We're on the you know millionaires row or something, and we go to the the. Hagen house is like the opulence and the, right. you know, I mean, insane, 
you go in their kitchen area and this is where waffle irons came from. Who knew? This is, you know, they made waffle irons, the, the cast iron, then shipped them across West. And this was the whole thing because they had the railroad, they had the, oh my you know. God. And I'm going, <laughs> who thought of the waffle iron way back when? And apparently this is where the whole cast iron, this was a big thing. We got waffles. And I was like, what? <laughs> one of the biggest waffle connection connections. But that's what's so fun when you travel. It's like you find out, I mean, I love the stuff about it. Yeah. Know, the, like it's like, Oh my, some random thing, like the post-up notes or, you know, any, just anything or something you've taken for granted and used since you were a little kid, you know? Yeah. And then you find out, Oh, in this town, this, this guy, he made, he made this, he created this, he invented this. It's 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 weird. We were in a tiny museum in Yarrington, Nevada, Lyon Lyon County Museum, I think, historical museum or whatever. But there's a little. I have Priscilla our sock monkey photographed with this little spindle thing, and it's part to do with spinning and and weaving or whatever. And the way it was spun, it does this pop, and it goes. That's where pop goes the weasel. Oh, this no. way this thing goes. I can't even. I'm not. I should never have brought it up. <laughs> I'm going to have to go look it up now because we're sitting there going, this is where, like, not the town, but this is this, you know, even just all these sayings that we have come oh, when you go to museums. They came go, from somewhere. Really? How did that happen? You know, so you want to know. So you geek out on it. You know, oh, it's, it's, when I was in um, Salem, Massachusetts last spring, oh, yeah. we were at the, at the Peabody Essex Museum. And that's where I found out that Parker Brothers created Monopoly there. And oh, it was there. like, there's this old Monopoly, you know, like original Monopoly game. And it's like the Parker brothers were there. And it's, I mean, how random. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what were you doing here? Yeah. yeah. Go, go back. Don't, don't pass go, you know? Well, yeah. Erie, Pen- uh, Erie, no, Easton, Pennsylvania. Cause we went to Easton, Maryland and oh, Easton, I went to Easton, Maryland. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, listen, you go, you got to go to Hummingbird Inn. It's like one of the coolest. Is that in Easton, Maryland? Easton, Eastern Maryland or Eastern yes. Pennsylvania? Eastern Maryland. Okay. There, and then, I've been. Yeah. There's like on the water there, there. We didn't get to the water. We yeah. were in the downtown, like by the Talbot Square and the courthouse and okay. all that. And then we went mm-hmm. to the Blackwater National Wildlife Refuge and looked at herons and it was really cool. Nice. And we hung out in the B and B. We did a radio show from the turret with Priscilla mm-hmm. hanging down going, Rapunzel, Rapunzel. I don't have any locks. <laughs> But so find your own way. No, it was the coolest bed and breakfast experience ever. The hummingbird, the guy, huh? Hummingbird in the, the okay. uh, owner, Eric, uh, has masks that he's collected around the world. And uh, here we are during COVID with this massive mask collection. And it was the coolest. He made, this is his claim. Honestly, this place was cool. Bacon, big, thick pieces of bacon that he candied with, I think, bourbon or something. Uh, overnight and old bay seasoning and it would come in a glass a cocktail glass oh at breakfast with like, sticking up yes and he let us have two peach bellinis for breakfast with you know at breakfast i'm serious like if way you to go start there, the okay. day but anyway eastern pennsylvania yeah crayons came from there and they have crayon a walking tour. And this is there these Crayola experiences for oh, kids. I love and that. they have that in like two or three cities. Uh, one in things Chandler, Arizona, one in Texas. But this is where crayons were made and their factory is there. And this I is the Crayola that. trail. They have a trail, walking trail that's all about the arts and where in Pennsylvania. You said Easton, Easton. where is that? Easton. It is in Lafayette. Oh, the Lafayette Inn is Lehigh Valley. Oh, the Lehigh Valley. Okay, that's a and nice Eastern, area. So they're, they're right next to the university, and the downtown has the oldest. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. 
92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? It's not just a bike. Peloton makes treadmills too. Eh, all treadmills are the same. Our treadmills can adjust speed and incline automatically, so you never break your stride. Whether you're squeezing in a power walk or training for a marathon, Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Tread risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Open Farmer's Market. Continuously Ooh. operating oldest open Farmer's Market in the right. country. Wow. So nice. it was really cool. When we were there, a lot of stuff was kind of closed, but they have like a real. Put it on my list. Oh, oh my I, yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, no, you're, you're no. going all over. Where's next no. for you? Um, next is back up to the Pacific Northwest ah. to do some zip lining, to do some wine tasting. Listen, we call you Fire Monkey and you're going to go zip lining. We <laughs> and now I'm going to be, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. we want photos and video. Me, Jane, of that. you know. Yeah. Hey, listen, <laughs> we were just where Jane was filmed. Tarzan. <laughs> oh, that's right. You were telling me. <laughs> In Wakula Springs, Florida. This is where Tarzan, both Tarzans were filmed and the creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> so we should have taken you on the boat. You could have oh, my God. But anyway, no, yeah. That's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> they showed us how they put him on platforms to spring him up. And I'm looking, there's alligators right here. <laughs> Somehow I wouldn't have thought that was where they filmed it for some reason. Well, I would springs, have thought of more yeah. jungle, you know? It, oh, it's jungle. Oh, yeah. it totally has jungle in there. Trust me. But it's, it's, it's a swampy thing, It's right? swampy, jungly. You know, it's, um, it's kind of the corner part of the panhandle. So it's south of Tallahassee. Okay. And so when you get to that swamp area, you have big, thick vines hanging down from the cypress Ooh. and cormorants and ibis and snakes. There were uh, red... Uh, red water snake or brown water snake that we saw and snapping uh, turtles, turtles and um, oh yeah I mean it was just gators and cool. jumping fish and cool. but they have the vines so when you say you know so, so they're I, but I would the not, vines. listen people are jumping into the crystal water area from a 40 foot jump and it's the largest deep spring like cave and so all this water comes up from there but people are diving there and there's an alligator hello yeah that nothing's ever happened that's my thing but i know but anyway so when you go (laughs) ziplining you know there's no gators you'll be yeah i love ziplining i love it because i feel like i'm i'm a bird you know or like a bird's eye view you know it's just i've done it a number of times and i i I, I love it. So I'm going oh. to do that in Camino uh, Island in Washington. Oh, cool. State. And then um, going to the Woodenville Wine Country and then to Astoria to uh, the coast of Oregon. Lighthouses. Yeah. Oh, God. I love I love that part of the country. Would you so, stay yeah. in a lighthouse for a month? Really? Would you? There's all these would lighthouse I? stays across I, the country. Would I you would do jump it? at the I would jump at the opportunity. See, she is the fire monkey. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I've stayed in the keeper's houses, like the keeper's houses before. Really? On the Oregon coast. Yeah, <gasps> there's one that's really famous, but uh, you can stay like in the keeper's house. It's almost like a and b now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but I think wow. it'd be cool to like actually stay Run in the it. lighthouse and be like the a lighthouse keeper. Lighthouse. Yeah, yeah, I want to be the lighthouse keeper. Yes. And there are lots of women who did it. Tons. You know yeah. what? We just wanted to be away from people. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You and know, they were, I mean, the- they were extremely efficient at it and really responsible, you know? No, I'd love to. Do- if you find one, let me know. I, I will join you. Well, you're going to Maine and that's oh. an ultimate of lighthouses too. I'm going to do everything and eat as many lobster rolls as I possibly can. You know, when I was in Italy, it was a gelato a day. Well, maybe it'll be a lobster roll a day. Well, I what I've heard about rock, I think it's rock. Rockland or Rockport, they're both there. Well, in that area, basically, Maine, on the coast, the bed and breakfast, they're known for pie. Uh, That's another thing. You know, I I think I told you I just did the Highway of Legends in Colorado, in southern Colorado. And there is this amazing little cafe slash general store on the route in this tiny little place in Stonewall. And they have the best homemade fresh pies. And I heard about it ahead of time at one of these other little villages. And uh, I told my husband, I was like, okay, we're driving slowly through this part because I do not want to miss this place. And that's 
we went and had pie and it was, oh, yeah. Ooh, I want pecan pie and I'm allergic to pecans now. Oh. And I'm, that's the saddest thing. Did you become allergic later? Yeah, it was, it's something that happens when you turn middle age suddenly. You can't it's, it's, it's basically adult onset allergy. It's, it's mean. It's yeah, cruel because I grew up eating pecans. cashews and pecans yeah. and, yeah. and um, yeah. you don't say pecan. Apparently no. they taught me in Texas to not say that's pecan, it's but pecan. pecan pie with ice cream and cognac is one of my absolute favorite. favorite you have to things. find another kind of pie, you know, when <laughs> it's all right. It's all wham. good. It's all wham. good. I know. Wham. Well, listen, I, I am dying to see the zip lighting Nancy will too. And I know Nancy will be back next time. She says hi. She'll be back. Good. She's good. pet sitting right now. As you good. know, we do as we talk about traveling across the country, garden gossip, you yep. know. So yep. I want to ask you this out of all the places you've been in the world in oh. houses, because you've been to a lot of gardens and a lot of homes. If you were going to this, the garden gossip question, if you're going to house it for a weekend, any home garden that you've been to, like think mm-hmm. about all that you've been to the Biltmore, you've been, you know, you've been to this one, the Dana Thomas house, you've been through all these homes. Where would you spend the weekend oh. and house it? Which means you'll have to be working a little bit too, oh. but you could still have, you know, cocktails on the veranda or something. Yeah. Um, That's, yeah, when you've traveled more, it's actually harder I, to answer it's this. It's tough, you know, because because the houses are one thing, the gardens are another. See, I, I mean, I would love just to, you know, have a little place in the middle of uh, Buchart Gardens in Victoria, uh, up in BC, uh, which is like one of the most spectacular gardens. Well, there you or, go. You know, Pop the Chicago tent. Botanic Garden, like we talked yeah. about before, you know, and I, I don't know, I would love to be in the middle of something, yes, the middle you know of how it, they like have Eden some paradise. Zoos have it where kids get to sleep overnight at the zoo on the grounds, oh, or and the aquarium. Yeah, yeah. So let's do it in a garden. We can pitch wouldn't a tent. Yep. Yeah. If if they would allow me to, wouldn't that be nice? A garden tent. Oh, wouldn't we're with you. Cool? That yeah. would be cool. Camping in the garden. Yeah, I mean because I you want to be outside and see the stars and the forest. You know, Madison, uh, Wisconsin, the arboretum there. I would oh, sleep in the arboretum. It's a nice place. Because they have geese too. I mean, all the so many of the botanical gardens are incredible. You know, it it, it everywhere I go and I see one, they're each very different, unique, distinct, and mm-hmm. uh, you know they give a real nice sense of place. And I don't know. It's I always like people always say, you know, where's your favorite place you went, or where's and I'm always like Kirsten Bosch, <gasps> Kirsten Bosch Gardens in South oh. Africa. That let's do that. That's I would go a, back to when it's possible. Yeah. I will. Yes, that is I one of be the best gardens in the again. world. That yeah. that's that a is, beautiful garden. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm no. for that. You need to go to Namakwa Land, and when they have their big cactus, like the wildflower bloom, like you know the deserts here, do yeah. yeah. Namakwa Land up in the north west of uh, uh, you know goes up towards the Kalahari Desert, and, right? And, uh, all along there, we experienced the bloom one year when we were our tour out there and uh, I'm telling you. Yeah. When cacti it. bloom, it's. And all the flowers come up and all the butterflies and yeah. You know, I just love, I love being a place where the wildflowers are like, you know, whether it's what? like on Mount Rainier or wherever. Oh, you did that. Right. We've done that, that I, they have paradise Valley. And when they say paradise, like you, you just sit there and go, this is, it's heaven. It it's, is like lupin, and I mean, there's like gorgeous, or so like that many. place, uh, the Blowdell, you know, the nature oh, gardens the on Bainbridge yeah, yeah. Island. You know, they're beautiful with this gorgeous, like French chateau. There's a estate in the middle of it. You know, it's just, I, I don't know, but yeah, pitching a tent in the middle of a beautiful garden would be nice. Sounds good. We yeah. have to have wine. Yeah, and tea. that in the lighthouse thing. Yeah. Now you they find have a lighthouse gardens. They have gardens now. Point, yes. Oh, oh yes. so if you go to Cabrillo National Monument in San Diego, is there a? They have a kitchen garden, which I thought was so cool Ooh, I because love they those. showed what they with chamomile and you know all the kinds herbs of herbs and, that, and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you have like the gardens where all the hummingbirds are, and yeah. and you know because they're doing more of the native plants that grow yep. there. So yeah. it's like you know uh, I want to say buckwheat. What is it? It is buck. Yeah, it is, is it buckwheat. buckwheat? 
Yeah, with all the hummingbirds and butterflies get, I'm, I'm yeah. going to get it wrong, but I don't know if it's buckwheat, milkweed. But... It's milkweed and anyway, it's not some sweet, sort sweet. of weed. It's very pretty. So just go, everybody. <laughs> well, thank you. It is always fun thank to chat with you. you, Fire Monkey. We'll see you when you get back. Yep. On your next, you know, and safe adventure. travels to you. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to be off to Georgia and then where are we going? Oh, from Georgia, Asheville, North Carolina. Maybe next time we talk, we'll be at the Biltmore. Ooh. Have you done the tour there? No, not yet. Okay. We did the Arboretum there, though, yeah. and that was awesome. The tour of the house is it's very cool. It's a lot opulent. of history. Oh, that's opulent. Just like the ones at um, Newport, Rhode Island on the Cliff Walk. It's like, you know, Rockefeller. Yeah, I mean, they have all these, yeah. you know, these magnet people who, you know, were these titans of industry who had these summer homes, you know, and they're extremely opulent. You know? you know what I want? I want a little cottage with a roof garden on oh, the beach. Yeah. Yeah. That's anything on, for me, anything on the, on the beach is heaven. I think that's know? what's cool about the Pacific Northwest is you have <sighs> that balance of, but they really can do roof gardens there. They can. And it's really, I want a roof garden. Because yeah. I just think it's cool. like, And you want to be on the beach. So, you know, you want to be able to get out of your house, walk out on the beach in the right morning. There. That's know? it. But not the resort style. No. Not the resort style. I just no. want a little place on the beach where yes. you can just step With to seagulls. the beach. Yeah. And I want to well, wake up every morning on the beach, you know. So. Well, with that, I'm signing off and going yeah. out to the canal here. It's well, you have a good time. <laughs> I'm going to go look for dolphins. Good. Have a great <laughs> time and thank you and till next time absolutely everybody again uh, debbie's article on the dana thomas i want to say dana dana thomas house <laughs> is up on blend radio and tv.com uh, just type in dana thomas and you'll find it and also here is the longer website to go directly to uh, the website for the house it is historic springfield.dnr.illinois.gov just go to Debbie's article. It's easier. And <laughs> it's watch easier. Out when, when you go to blendradioandtv.com, sign up for our newsletter because then you'll get Garden Gossip Magazine in your email and all of our magazines. Uh, it's not like we spam you every day or something like that. It's We only send an email when a magazine is out. And of course, keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. We air Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Pacific time. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Thanks. And get some good garden gossip. <laughs> right. Have a good one. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.